Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Team 65 Media Football Show. I'm your host. I'm your host, Ben Five. Good evening to you. Good evening. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Good evening to the East Coast, West Coast, and Central. Because today I got my gold gold phones here. Look at Dana. Look at Dana. And how are we got a guest today? A special guest today on Team 65 Media Football. Look at Peter. How was your weekend? How was your Christmas? No, forget me. Forget me. Let's introduce our special guest, Mr. It's a resident Colts fan. Chris, I want to know how your Christmas was. How you feeling about the Colts season, man? How you just doing in general, man? How's it? Thank y'all. First off, thank y'all for having me on and everything, man. My weekend was good. My Christmas was good. My son, he enjoyed a really good Christmas. So it was good seeing him smile and all of that good stuff. As far as the Colts season, man, well, for... We're four ten at one. If that doesn't explain it, then I, I don't know what does. It's been a bad season. It's it's been, it's it's not what I don't think any Colts fan or anybody else really expected of this team, especially not after how last year went. I don't think anybody expected this to be how we looked. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all, not at all. And we'll get a little more to the Colts, but Vince, for me, I'm glad we got some wholesome content from chris because listen i worked on christmas eve and christmas unfortunately okay i'm gonna do my celebrating next weekend with the fan but vince i got to see a marcus jones touchdown this weekend at the end of the day so it wasn't yeah. all that bad but vince you want to just dive vince how was your christmas actually i know you got all your freaking niners here i got the niners here I got, I got everything niners pretty much i got a some pikachu what's like too okay we we prayed up we're at um out of me boston but I want to thank Lucas for Jalen Hurts, by the way, with that train. Thank you very much. It's going to be All right, we're not going to talk about fantasy football. I went 0 and 4 in my semifinals. We're not talking about <laughs> that. Not but, uh, but yeah, I'm going to, my, my Christmas is pretty, pretty good, Lucas. But, no, we can, just, we can just dive right into the Colts just to piggyback off of what Chris was saying about his team. I, for one, did not expect this at all, this season at all, to go like this for the Colts because I'm thinking, okay, they should have made the playoffs last year with a quarterback I really could not stand. Carson Wentz. And Carson was decent last year. Yeah. I have a couple of, I have a couple of really good friends, Vince, who you know are both Colts fans. Yeah. And I know he only had seven picks last year, but my Colts fans friend would tell me this guy must have thrown more dropped interceptions than anybody in the history of the NFL last year. But still, man, they managed to look pretty decent, like a good football team with Carson Wentz. They just had Jacksonville curse down there. Chris, that might have something to do with you. I don't know. That Jacksonville curse, man, got him on the last week of the season. But I actually, Vince, you know, I picked the Colts to win the division this year. Yeah, you did. Yes, you did. Because I just thought they were going to be able to put it together. They have one of the best running backs in football. I didn't have a ton of faith in Matt Ryan. Okay, but I thought he was going to be able to steer the offense a little bit better than friggin' Carson Wentz. I thought he was going to maybe check the ball down. Yeah. make some safer plays, which was goofy of me because it's not that Ryan was ever a check down type of guy or play it safe type of guy. But honestly, I was disappointed by the Colts this year, but I do think it's better that they ended up going, this might sound messed up, but it's better they ended up going all the way bad because now they've positioned themselves for a really premium draft pick, okay, where they can address most likely one very specific need at the quarterback position as opposed to, you know, being a 500 team, almost like my Patriots, and putting yeah. themselves in the middle of the dra draft again mm -hmm. and maybe missing out on some top flight guys. So, Vince, what did you think about the Colts this year, man? No, actually, Lucas, I'm with you because I'm not going to lie, Lucas. I was, remember our predictions, though, right? I was, well, it's not in truth. I was forgetting this for my pick. I was either going to be 10 feet with the Colts. And no, look, I don't blame you for picking the Colts because I like their defense. 
And then, Chris, you know how good their defense is. So, my guy, the boys, Buckner, Penny Pang, uh, shout out to Stephon Gilmore. My boy, Gilly. Uh, I know. I had Stephon Gilmore. I don't look at Tommy Mitchell, but anyway, but, but at the end of the day, I missed that. I bought Dalton Taylor. I like how they had Hines and stuff, but my only problem was, is with the Colts was just Matt Ryan, the, the game manager. Obviously, he was great this year, but obviously, Chris, I thought Carson was going to work for you guys because I thought you did one reason why Carson did well in Philly. It was because of Frank Wright. That's what I, I told Bobby the Colts spot. And so they brought him. And um, it kind of worked out a little bit, but I, at Aww. the end, they, he got worse. And then now with this year, with uh, Frank Wright got fired. And then now with Saturday, so Christ, like, here's the thing with the Colts. So your thoughts with the Colts this year, and did you thought they were going to make the playoffs? And also, what was your thought when they hired Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Saturday as well? Yeah, I could, if I could just, Chris, specifically, or against the Frank Reich firing? I was for the Frank Reich firing. I wanted that to happen. And as far as, yeah, I had us making the playoffs this year. I had us being contenders, especially after we got Matt Ryan. I had us being contenders. I thought he would come in and do better than what Carson Wentz did. We knew we had some issues on the offensive line because the left tackle and the right guard position, like even going into the season, I was telling people, I would tell people that our biggest issue right now is left tackle, right guard. We don't know who's going to play those positions. We knew who was going to play those positions, but I didn't really have too much faith in the people that they were going to let play those two positions, which was Matt Pryor and then Danny Pinter. And so I didn't really have too much faith in that. But I was like, all right, maybe, you know, Matt Ryan has a quick release. We know his arm is fading, so he's not going to be really going downfield too much. I figure it'll be a little bit more like when Phillip Rivers was here. So I was like a lot of underneath stuff, mesh routes, mesh concepts, things like that. And that's what was going to work for us, especially with the run game that we had, because Matt Ryan has never had a run game or a running back like Jonathan Taylor. So I was like, this is going to be good. We're going to be good. We were almost there last year. We lost to the Raiders in week, what was it, 17. Then we lost to the Jaguars week 18. And that's what kept us out of the playoffs. And I don't think everything was all bad with Carson Wentz last year. The thing with Wentz, like your friend said, hell, he threw so many passes that were dropped interceptions. It, it looked good from a stat line standpoint, but yeah. when you really go look at the games, there was, there was a lot of mistakes, especially in the Patriots game. There's a lot of mistakes. And if it wasn't for Jonathan Taylor, we'd lose that game. Easy. I was going to say, you know, that is a classic game where it feels like one team dominated and then the Patriots still had it. It felt like you guys were the better team. That's mm -hmm. how it felt to me. And like you said, these mistakes that Wentz made, he gave us a chance and then Dante Hightower on that play, I think he realized he had to retire. And that jump cut Jonathan Taylor bit. I think that's when he realized, I'm not long for the NFL. That's why one of my favorite Patriots of all time, but it's the truth. But no, Chris, that's the feeling I got too, man. Watching the Colts, it just, last year, it just felt like so much more could be happening. And thanks to Wentz's decision-making for the large part, those things were happening. And one thing, one thing I will say, if you take, if you take last year's offensive production and you put it with this year's defensive production, we're easily 10 and 4, 11 and 3. Easily somewhere in there because our defense has been amazing this year. And granted, I know there's some games where, like, you can say the Minnesota game. And to me, I don't even put that on the defense because when your offense, and this is what I keep trying to get some of my fan base to understand. And some of them, I don't, and I'm, it's no shade or no shots to anybody, but like some of them, I don't know if they've ever played football and know how like all of that works. 
I think mm-hmm. some of them may just be fans. They just may be casual fans or whatever. I played football my whole life. I played from peewee all the way through college. So like I, I think that was, this was something I like eat, dream, sleep, right. all of that. But like when it came to the Vikings game, like our offense wasn't even that good that game. Our offense put up one touchdown. That's what our right. offense did that whole game. Special teams scored about 24 points, and I think defense put up a touchdown as well. So when you have your special teams that scores 24 points, and then you have a defense that scores just as much as your offense, and then in the second half, you have an offense that's going out there, punt, field goal, punt, punt fumble, punt. It, it doesn't really give your defense enough time to even chance. get to the sideline before they got to be back on the field. So I can't put that on offense, and that's or on defense, and that's pretty much been like, our whole season. That's been our whole season. Defense keeps us in games. Offense doesn't do anything with the opportunities. Defense ends up foundering. Uh, you are absolutely... Uh, are you talking about the Patriots or the Colts? Seriously. <laughs> but um, it's the same situation. And I think, Chris, people do fail to realize how much the offense factors into the defense being good. Like you're saying, time of possession. Being able to drag out a drive a little bit. At least get one first down, maybe. I know that's a struggle for Matt Patricia. And apparently for Jeff Saturday in that Minnesota game. But no, I think that is something people really need to realize. If the defense goes out 10 times and a half to to 10 possessions and a half, they're going to get scored on. It's just going to happen. Because like you said, they barely have enough time to get to the sideline before before the punter's out there doing his job. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I think that's tough. I think, like I said, like you said, not taking shots at anybody, but I think if you're looking at the Colts and you're picking out the defense as the problem, you might need to get back in the lab to understand that a little bit. Because, because, I mean, you guys have a lot of players I really love. Like I said, Gilly Locke, that's my guy. I mean, we're not going to talk about what Justin Jefferson did to him with all due respect, okay? <laughs> I'm I mean, two, number Justin two. Jefferson does that to everybody, so <laughs> I can't even an... be mad at it. Yeah, that's very fair point. Absolutely, he does do that to everybody. There's nobody who can stop him. But uh, Kenny Moore, another guy I've liked for multiple years. I didn't like him because he had some bad things to say about the Patriots, but as an on-field player, Man, and I don't like him to really know about anything about the guy. I've moved past that a slight grudge. He's a terrific slot corner, if not the best. He's one of the best, if not the best slot corner in the NFL. Honestly, he's been produ- he's been producing at a terrific rate for a couple of years. And then another one of my favorite players, DeForest Buckner. That guy just seems like a cheat code on the defensive line. He should not be able to move the way he can move. And then the young and Quiddy Pay. You guys have some really good pieces, Chris. I know you stressed to me and Vince. You really like those two guys in the D line. Looking forward, you guys do have some. I think I do like the future that you guys have. To mm-hmm. quote you earlier, Chris, the future is all you have, pretty much. I hope you like. But uh, no, Vince, yeah, Vince, where did you? So you had the Colts winning the division this year. The Titans. No, I, I, I think. Well, neither of us had Jacksonville, who has really turned yeah. it on, man. So, we, we did say that's the what could be a surprise thing. We did say that. Listen, that's the most addition by subtraction I've ever seen with the release of Urban Meyer to the Wolves. <laughs> and bringing him to Peterson. <laughs> you were at the Gold game and that were game. You saw Urban Meyer. Hey, there you go. No, I did. I've seen Urban Meyer up close and I'm a worse person for it, honestly, because no, I was at the Colts Jaguars game when the Colts blocked the pun, basically. Honestly, even last year, like, it was the same exact thing Chris was explaining. The defense and the special teams did the scoring. And then the offense couldn't do anything with it. But I've been saying they have your guy, Michael Pittman. So I think this is a good little transition here. So the draft, Chris, say you guys are going to be at the top of the draft. I'll ask you, yeah. A, you're looking for a quarterback with that pick, I assume. Or yeah. not. If you're not, if you're okay. 
and then B, the wide receivers. I think this has been a problem, my friends. I've, and I've understandably so. They've cried to me about for a while now. <laughs> is that they just, there's not enough talent and not enough depth in that receiving room. Because in the NFL, you got to pick out your friends, no ball. That's no, what they, I'm they, your yeah, friends, yeah. no ball. <laughs> oh, they're good, man. And uh, <laughs> from my viewpoint, you either got to, you got to have one of those two things. You either have to have elite talent or good depth at the receiver position. Three, four, five guys who are legitimately twos or receiver room if you don't have that number one guy. Feels like the Colts have 1A, 1B type of guy in Pittman. What am I? Love watching the guy play football. He's really talented, honestly. But you're just not going to get it done with Ashton Doolin and a rookie Alec Pierce who, you know, is not a great separator. That's a guy that you're going to throw the ball up to. That's more the ball than the player he is. So I would like to hear, A, Chris, who you're targeting at the top of the draft with that pick outside of Bryce Young, most likely, because he'll be gone. And then B, I want to know, would you rather attack Free agency, draft for the wide receiver room, or best of both worlds, both. So first, let me address the wide receiver thing. And the reason about that is, and the reason I say your friends know ball is because all last offseason, and then even now, I've been arguing with Colts fans because I think Chris Ballard is a really good GM. I think he is a great observer of talent when it comes, especially to college players. I think he's great at that. Like, he's a great scout because that's what Chris Ballard has done ever since he's gotten into the NFL before he got to the GM level. He was, he was a scout. Then he moved into, like, player personnel and stuff like that. So he's been great at that. Like, he's been on top of that. But the thing is that when it comes to building out a full roster, I don't think Chris Ballard really does. I don't think he excels there. I think he does a decent job, but I don't think he excels at building out a roster. And that was one of the things with the wide receiver room. Michael Pimp. Michael Pittman, to me, is a receiver that is a wide receiver, too, that's forced into a wide receiver one role. Um, we were lucky that Paris Campbell actually stayed healthy this year because before this season, he had only played 15 games in three years. So we're, right. we were lucky he stayed healthy this season. Alec Pierce, while I like Alec Pierce, I really do. That's, I like him. His intangibles, he runs a 4-3-40, has a 40-inch vertical, 40-inch plus vertical, things like that. He's athletic as hell. Like you say, he can't. He doesn't really separate. He's a jump ball guy. Um, and not only that, we don't have a quarterback that can really throw the ball downfield. Even yesterday with Nick Foles, they didn't even take shots to Alec Pierce down the field. So it, it's a little bit of a bunch of different things with that offense. But I do think that we need a, I've been saying we need a veteran wide receiver in that receiving room because all we have is young guys and then we don't have any depth behind. Yes, we have Ashton Doolin, but then after that, it falls off because then you have Michael Strawn who hasn't seen the field damn near all season. You have Desmond Patman who, who we cut during the season and then, or we put him on waivers during the season. He cleared waivers and then we re-signed. Like, Two training camp legends, if I may say. Those exactly. Guys, they exactly. balled out at Colts camp. I remember that. And so that's, what, and so that's what I'm saying. Like though, that's an issue for me. And as far as addressing the wide receiver this year, though, I don't really think there's, I don't think there is great talent at the wide receiver position in the in free agency, but I think there's great talent at wide receiver in the draft. So for me, if we went, we, I would like us to go quarterback the first round, but there's a situation where I can see that the Colts maybe trade back, accumulate another second round pick or third round pick. It'll probably be a second rounder because that's high as we're drafting right now. But we trade back, we accumulate a, a later first round and I hire another second round pick. So that way we have two second round picks and a third. And then we have that later first round pick, which will probably be somewhere I would think around between 10 and 15. And then you take a guy like, 
I don't want either one of these guys in the first round, but it's something I could see the Colts doing. But you take someone like Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. But really, it depends on who we have as our head coach. Because right now, a lot of things are in the air because we don't have a head coach. So you don't even know what direction we're going at quarterback until the head coach is in the, into that, in that room. And if he's going to even be able to develop that quarterback, whether it's an Anthony Richard or Richardson or a Will Levis, because I think both of them need a lot of development. C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, I think, are way more polished than either one of them. But I think A.R. has the most upside out of all of these quarterbacks. But there's a lot of things that he needs to work on, which is why I wanted him to go to college another year. But I don't make that decision for him. He made that decision. <laughs> and then second round, I wouldn't mind going wide receiver or offensive guard, uh, depending on what's there. I would go wide receiver or offensive guard. Oh, see, Colts fans need to listen to Chris because Chris was spitting right there. I don't think I even slightly disagree with the single thing you said. Unfortunately, though, I think here's what I think, Chris. I think I can see Ursay falling in love with Will Levis. I can see that all day. And now I know, I they, and I'm not saying Jim Ursay is going to be necessarily obviously making personnel decisions, but he has his hand in the pot. That's the type of guy Jim Ursay seems like. And so I'll, honestly, I'll say this about Jim Ursay. It's been more so this year than any other year. Because any other year, Jim Ursay usually he sits back. Hands off. Okay. Yeah, he's hands off. But I, it's something about the way last season ended and then how this season was going. I feel like Jim Ursay just felt like he had to, yeah. I have to put my hands in the pot now. I, I got to say something. I got to do something. The Frank Wright firing, I think that's part of he didn't really trust Frank, especially with how the season was going. So then he stepped in. Usually, when it comes to the draft, he really does. He's pretty good hands off. Okay. Yeah, he really lets Chris Ballard do his thing. So I think Ballard, while I do think they have fallen in love with Will Levis, I think both of them have. I think that Ballard Ballard gets his chance to pick his guy. Uh, That's good to know, at least. And then just to throw it back to last year's, I love your trade down idea. Listen, and that's what I was going to say. Colts fans, I yell at you for that, Chris. Because a lot of fans hate the idea of trading down when in reality, down is by far the most economical and smartest thing you can do to build, to keep, to build your roster in the fastest yeah. way possible. You just have another crack at another player in the top 40 picks. Maybe because you slide down, what, seven, eight spots. To me, a lot of the time that's going to end up being that I've seen it happen over the years. Now trading out of 21 for Cole Strange at 30. I don't know about that. My guy Cole Strange. Okay. <laughs> but maybe go for a little more impact, impact player. Vince, I'll let you go here in the segments, but uh, I think, Chris, you and I have been locked up here as the Patriots and the Colts because I'll tell you, I was upset with who we took in the third round last year. Not because I didn't like Taekwon's tape. I didn't love it, like the speed, but I just felt there were better players. At that point, yeah. When we took him, and the one I'm thinking of in particular is George Pickens. And my buddy, shout him out, Chase the Great, okay? The Colts fan, he was for months... George Pickens in the third round. George Pickens. I have never seen somebody so upset when he's seen the name Alec Pierce come across the screen. Because, like you said, Chris, I do what Alec Pierce can bring to the table. I think his athleticism, his athletic profile is terrific. When I was watching Marcus Jones's tape, he was literally the only receiver that gave Marcus Jones problems in their conference. Mm-hmm. The only guy who gave him problems. And guess what? He gave him problems. He mossed him. Okay? I've seen him with my own two eyes. Okay? But, uh, but no. But listen, I just felt, I don't know if you feel the same way, because I was just thinking, Okay, I like the speed from Taekwon, and I'm sure you like the physical profile of Pierce, but it just felt, ooh, there was just a better player there, and I guess neither of our GMs saw it. 
see this is and i actually said that the other day on twitter i said i had tweeted out i said we could have had we could have had george Pickens. he wasn't a ballard guy because that's one of the things with chris ballard is i want to draft my guy my type yeah. of guy and that's a lock a good locker room guy this and the third <laughs> and pickens had these perceived issues coming out of college because he yeah. got in the fight on the field his freshman year he sprayed water on a quarterback from tennessee his sophomore on, year. that's funny and they, and things like that. And I'm like, but to me, that's not a problem. Like that, no, that's right. not a problem to me. And okay, I'm not a GM. So Ballard, it's a problem for him. It's not really a problem for me. And, and it, it takes nothing away from Alec Pierce. But, and I gave people this analogy, like CeeDee Lamb went before Justin Jefferson. CeeDee Lamb is a really good receiver, but yeah. Justin Jefferson is just different. He's yeah. different. Yeah. That's what it is. CeeDee Lamb is really good, but Jettas is different. And we see that yeah. week in and week out. Alec Pierce is going to be really good, but I believe George Pickens is just different. Yeah. He's adult. He's just different. And so that's what I try to explain to people. And for whatever reason, they're just like 30 teams, 31 teams pass on them. So they mustn't see that much of it or whatever. And I said, okay. Yeah, that's and 31 terrible teams, logic. Exactly. 31 teams pass on Alec Pierce, yet we sitting here praising him. Oh, what's your point? Right. Man? And if you want to, if you want to use that logic, 31 teams passed on Tom Brady. What are you trying to say? Yeah, at the end of the day, the, you know, the way I see is 31 yeah. teams pass on every player outside of the first round. First round, exactly. Right. Every right. play, besides the 32nd player in the first round, but every mm -hmm. team, 31 teams pass on every player outside of the first round. So therefore, at that, like, you using that logic doesn't really make sense makes, to me. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. And I think, and listen, I wish I could use, like, he, he doesn't feel like a Belichick guy either, okay? But if you look at the track record of down the years of who Belichick has brought in, it's a myth that he likes the, he likes the well-behaved guy. Don't need to say any names for everybody to think of a certain person. Or even he brought in Randy, who had his quote perceived issues. And obviously, Randy did nothing but dominate on the field. Laguerre Blood punched the guy in the face when he played for Oregon. He came and won Super Bowl, so that was disappointing. But listen, Vince, what do you think? What do you think the... We'll get Vince's opinion. I think it's been like 30 minutes since I've heard Vince talk. So Vince, no, so good. So Vince, uh, Vince, where do you think they're going to go in the first round? Do you think they're going to lean? Pretty yeah. right, though. And look, at you, and look you're right. I think you and Chris are right. I think both sides are with the Chris because uh, honestly, Chris, uh, I'm with you guys because, listen, man, like, you're, you're right with your line and obviously with the quarterback. Hey, fans going to be mad if they pray back, but at the end of the day, in my view, they need a quarterback because I think it's so good. In my opinion, hey, I'm just praying that they know that for the quarterback because that's really what you guys need. And then, and, and, and look at, and Chris, and if they do well with Brianna and do well in the draft, you'll be right there. I'm just hoping that they nailed that good take. And uh, but hey, if they trade back, hey, I would not mind it if I was a close fan, but I know close fan would be bad. But that's a fight thing, right? So, yeah. yeah. And, um, and the reason I say we'll probably trade back is because that's a Ballard thing. Like Ballard, Ballard does things like that. And sometimes it's annoying, but at the same time, when you think about it, and I mean, it's really going to be annoying since we have a top five pick, right? That's really yeah. going to be annoying because it's like, damn, what, what are we doing? But it's, I get people's frustration with that. But if our guy isn't there at five, do you want us to, do you want to reach? Or do you want to, do you want to be able to accumulate more draft capital and get your guy at a later at a later time in the first round. And that's where I'm at. Like, I understand, okay, we're at the top five. Let's say CJ Stroud, Bryce Young are both gone. Let's say, okay, we like Will Levis, but we don't want him this early. Let's trade mm. back because I don't think any other team underneath us is going to take Will Levis. I think they're probably going to go more for AR than Will Levis. 
And there's also a slight chance that the Texans might go for Will Levis because they might mm-hmm. fall in love with him. So I just think that at that position, if our guy is gone, the guy that we wanted to take at five is gone, you trade back, you accumulate another pick, especially in the second round, so that way you can get two. And we can address two things in the second round where you said, like you said, we have what probably two or three top 40 picks. And I'm right. Like, that's always good. Really, that's <laughs> always good. That's great. Like you have two top 10, 40 or two top 40 picks between day one and day two and everything. So you can't be mad at that, especially if you're getting the guys that you need. Now, while I love that he is able to draft really well, because I don't really get too upset with Ballard's drafts besides when he misses on like wide receivers like Deion Kane and some of those other guys. But for the most part, he's really good at drafting. My issue with him is free agency. He stays really stagnant. This year, we were able to get Stephon Gilmore. We traded for Yannick two years, two or three years ago. I forget how long we've had Buckner, but we traded for him. We traded, I, I think it was crying. either the 15th or 16th overall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I missed him though. It was good though. And, yeah, can you and even in that draft, we could have got Justin Herbert, but Ooh, we went yeah. and got the yeah. Forrest Buckner. While I get it, I love Buckner. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't take it back. Hindsight is 2020. He's very stagnant in free agency. He usually makes one big trade in the offseason, and then the rest of the offseason is just done in the draft and signing bargain bin players here or there. Chris, so I got yeah, a question for you. So, Chris, do you think they only keep What do you think? Maybe lean towards because hopefully they hire my guy Jimmy Garai. He deserves a job or be out of me. But what do you think is going to happen there? So I would hope that we do not keep Jeff Saturday. I have said this multiple <laughs> times. If we keep Jeff Saturday, I will no longer be a Colts fan until he is gone. I will just sit back and be a football fan and just enjoy my Sundays without being stressed out. Enjoy your Sundays without Saturday, if I may. <laughs> yeah, my Sundays without Saturday. I'll just be sitting, chilling, not stressed out. I would love to go after D'Amico Ryans. I would love to go after Jim Harbaugh out of mm. Michigan. I would love Ben Johnson with the Lions, the offensive coordinator. Mm. Ever, Evero, the defensive coordinator with the Broncos. He's Joe another Judge, one maybe? I have. No, help. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Y'all, y'all can keep him over. Y'all can keep him over there. Don't make him stay oh, no, be, be free. The Giants are still paying a salary. That's y'all are to pay that. So, right, no, obviously I'm joking, but yeah. Sean Payton is another one. Those are my top five or six that I would love to see in the Colts next year. And then, uh, yeah, I think definitely there's a lot of guys who are deserving of a job and who have been deserving of a job. So I think it would be pretty foolish to stick with Saturday personally. Yeah. I know it's like the rah-rah former player. He did so much, but I just think that I value other things I do value that, but just not to the same degree as experience, probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's not crazy. That didn't feel crazy when I said it. That feels pretty reasonable. <laughs> but my last thing on the Colts, really, is that I'll float this idea. So the trade back paired with, is Matt Ryan getting cut and them eating that $16 million of dead cap a possibility? Ooh. So, so really what it would be, and it wouldn't even be us eating $16 million. So that's the great thing about it, right? Well, Falcons would pay some of that, wouldn't they? I bet. Well, no. So when oh. he came to us, we restructured his contract. And so the thing, and this is why I was ready for him to be benched at some point in the season, especially when the season started slipping away and all these, and what's crazy to me is that Colts fans talking about, oh, if Matt Ryan, or some of them talking about if Matt Ryan would have played the whole season, then the Colts <laughs> would have been in playoff contention. Like he wasn't four, seven, and one. To me, that logic is just crazy to me. But not only that, but 
the thing with Matt Ryan's contract, right? So he's guaranteed a base salary of $12 million next year. If he cannot pass his physical by May, March the 3rd, then we have to give him his $7 million injury bonus or whatever. And it's $10 million for a roster bonus that becomes fully guaranteed if he is not able to pass his physical on March the 3rd or by March the 3rd. So that means not only will we be on the hook for that $12 million fully guaranteed, we would also be on the hook for $17.2 million fully guaranteed. Sheesh. So a total of $29 million for a guy that we probably will not play next year. So that's why I'm happy we benched him to keep him from getting hurt and keeping that potential Smart. money in our pockets. So that way, all we're on the hook for is $12 million next year, which is easy money. Easy yeah, money that's uh, absolutely. Because honestly, it's not like the unrestricted free agency class in quarterback is all that terrible. I'm not saying that you guys go and pay $30 million to a guy like Daniel Jones or something rash like Tom Brady, but I just think there are a couple options out there. They might be decent placeholders per se, and then you build other ways through the draft. But at the same time, it's going to be that similar thing with a couple other teams. How many placeholders can you go through before you find your guy? I think that's the issue. I assume you and a lot of Colts fans would have, and I think that's a very valid, be a very valid issue with that strategy. Because at some point you just want your guy. Okay. So I get that, but I wouldn't, I don't know. I wouldn't say that's likely, but I, I could see that potentially playing out some way, but that would be very unballard. I think like you just explained. Yeah. I think at this point, Ballard really wants to go out there and I think he's ready to get his guy. There's been some things going around as of late that Ballard was really interested in Justin Fields, but the reason we didn't get him is because Frank Wright really wanted Carson Wentz. Oh, um, no. And that's how we had Carson Wentz over Justin Fields. That's one of the subtle um, sentences I've ever heard. As <laughs> <laughs> even now, though, like with the top five pick, I've joked around a little bit saying that, OK, the Colts going to send we're going to send our pick to the Ravens and Lamar Jackson just going to leave. And he didn't. Oh, that would be glorious. Oh, I and, love that. Yeah, so I said Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Colts left Baltimore to hey. the Indian night. Hey, why not? Hey, why not? Shit. 2023, Lamar Jackson's leaving Baltimore for Indy. Let's make it happen. I've even oh, said awesome. Chicago has a top two pick right now. Hey, can we trade our fifth overall pick for Justin Fields? Or something something of that nature. Or even, happen. or even, Chris, say they've got the top two pick. Houston's it's my guy Casario falls in love with Levis. Or maybe goes defensive <laughs> line, offensive line, which I doubt. I think he's going to take QB, but then another position they slide up to two. Old Bears, you just slide down a few picks. You have your QB of the future. You guys slide in, get a guy like Bryce Young or something like that. Yeah. But I really think, I think the Colts are going to. There's a. I feel like there's a lot of moving pieces right now, so it's hard for me to say. I think not next year, but there's definitely to a bright, sustained future for the Colts. I think. And honestly, it starts with the head coach. I'm with you, Chris. And it can't be Jeff Saturday. That's pretty much. I don't think I can go much deeper than that. It can't be Jeff Saturday. But Vince, you want to take us away from this past week's games? We'll, so what we'll do now, Chris, we'll just recap some games from the week. You look at the playoff picture, just talk about the playoff picture, which I hope the Patriots are out of after we beat the Skylar Thompson. Go ahead. Okay, we will talk about this game because they got their ass kicked up. But I will say this, though. I will say this, though. Baker's a free I want to ask you, Chris and Lucas, but first, Chris, your thoughts with the Rams and the Broncos season? And also, Chris, 
please don't tell me. And I know everybody on Twitter is saying this because Russ has been bad this year. So, do you, so Chris, do you think Russ has lost? And obviously, I think I fired. This is going to be broken news today. And by the way, the candidates for that is going to be Dan Quinn, Derek Babel, Eric Bianami, Sean Payne, Jimmy Garrett, and Sean. Did I can't say last name? But Chris, your thoughts on the Broncos season unraveling and the Rams obviously having a Super Bowl hangover? Yeah, so <laughs> this is funny. So with Russell Wilson, I was never a Russell Wilson fan. I never thought he was really that good of a quarterback. I thought it was more so of the system that they were in. I live in Seattle now, so I've watched Russ and the Seahawks for the past not seven years, but the past six years, because I've been here since May of 2015. So I've watched pretty much every Seahawks game every Sunday, Monday, whatever, because that's what's on up here. So I was never really a big fan of Russell Wilson. I thought that he played well within the scheme. And everybody attributed him winning that Super Bowl to him. And I'm like, let's not act like we didn't have or that Seattle didn't have a probably a top five generational defense like top five of all time generational defense at that time and the legion of boom was really good and yes okay russ made a few playoff few playoffs after the legion of boom was gone but it's the same and this is what i try to get a lot of people to understand like a lot of people crucify aaron Rodgers because their team is always 13 and 3 or something like that really good and then they lose in the first round so if you're going to crucify aaron Rodgers for that we're are going to crucify Russell Wilson for that as well, because it's been the same thing. He hasn't been back to a Super Bowl since, what, his his third season in the NFL. It's been a long time. And there's a reason why he starts off hot at the beginning of the season. Then he's always in the MVP conversation. Then somewhere around the bye week, everything fizzles off. And so I was never really sold on Russell Wilson. I did say that the Broncos would be better with Russ than they were with Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, because I do think he's a better quarterback than those two. That's clear. Like, he's a better quarterback than both of them. But I just never thought – I wasn't the one of let Russ cook. I was more so let Russ play within the scheme. Run the ball, have really good defense. You don't want him out there throwing 40 times a game. you got to have some really good balance with Russ. He's not a Patrick Mahomes where, or a Josh Allen where they can just go out there and just throw the ball around run the ball five times, and that's their offense. You got to have some really good balance with Russ, and you got to have really good defense, which Denver has. I think he'll bounce back next year. He'll have a better season next year, especially with Nathaniel Hackett up out of there. But I I was just never one that was just like, yeah, Russell Wilson is going to save the Broncos. Nah, I never thought that. Yeah, Russ is the type of guy where, I agree with Chris here, that's a guy if you see him hold the ball for too long, it's not like good things always happen when, when it's that situation. Yeah, I'm with you, honestly. I think the run game and the defense maybe made people, including myself, overlook some of Russell Wilson's flaws. Pete Carroll be the coach, even though he annoys the hell out of me. Like, so, so with the Russ interception against you guys, didn't play, he probably said thank you to Russ. Uh, well, play not, God, not only did I say thank you, dude, I started doing cartwheels in my living room. <laughs> listen, to this day, listen, I'll just a quick aside, to this day, I'll never understand how they didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lee. I don't know, there's and they, people hit me with the stats. Oh, he wasn't that good inside the five-yard line. I don't care about these stats. I don't care. I care about football. And the best football player in that situation <laughs> is to at least give him the ball one more time. Okay, but that's a completely different topic. And listen, Vince, I was lower on the Broncos this year preseason than a lot of people were because, once again, it didn't feel like necessarily when I watched the Broncos last season, 
it didn't feel like, oh, if you get a decent quarterback, they step in and all the issues are gone. And then when you pair that mm-hmm. with the guy who never should have been the NFL head coach, if we're being completely honest, bad things happen, okay? Bad things like me getting minus four points from the Broncos on my finish to semifinal <laughs> and losing. Bad things. Okay, I can't get over it. I can't get over it. I had to get that out there. Oh, it just killed me, dude. I was riding the Broncos in the events all year on fantasy. And then Baker Mayfield, of all people, puts the nail in my coffin. Unbelievable. I just... But listen, like I said, that's enough about fantasy. But Vince, I have nothing left to say about the Broncos of this game, dude. But Chris, are you surprised with the Rams this year or not really? Really at all? With the the Super Bowl hangover and stuff? I'm a little surprised with the Rams. Once the the stuff came out about Matt Stafford's elbow, I was like, ah, he'll still be all right. Like He'll be fine. Then as the season just started going, it's like, all right, maybe he won't be fine. Then he had the back injury and they just didn't, they just didn't look good. And they just, I don't know what it was because Cooper Cup was still Cooper Cup. Then you had the issues with Cam Akers. Yeah. Um, it, it just, it, it kind of just <laughs> went bad fast. And it's just crazy to me. But I know there's a Super Bowl hangover, but this to me seems like more than a hangover. Like this, like you yeah. just drunk passed out right now at this point. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's it's like the night you know, it's not an angle. Yeah. It's an angle. It's the Bengals. Look at um, okay, because with the equivalent of what the Bengals did is the Bengals went out, partied, had a great night with a wonderful girl, <laughs> and then they went, they, they picked an Uber home before anything happened a beautiful girl. So they, so they want to go out even harder the next night. That's what happened. No, no, just, just look at what, what you thought from Quinn, because you know, they got close on McVay. He made fun of that Cole Strange. Remember that, Logan? Remember that? Go ahead, Logan. Yeah, he did. No, he did make fun. He said he was looking at Cole Strange in the hundreds. Yeah, he could have used him at number 62 because your freaking offensive line stinks. Okay. That's probably the 40th time I've made that joke. So I'm going to retire that joke. Okay. But, uh, but no, seriously, I think I'm with Chris here. It doesn't seem like a hangover. It seems like they're still passed out because, uh, same way, the elbow thing, I'm thinking it's not a big deal with Stafford. I'm thinking this is just preseason jargon. People need a story to write. No, it ended up being pretty real, obviously. And then I think when your quarterback has the injury and is throwing on, and then your O-line sucks, that's a terrible combination. That's just, it's never going to work out. And then I think as far as another thing, which this really hindered them having like a sustainable two, three-year run, is the way they built the team. Okay, and you can't really fault them at the end of the day if their goal was just to win a Super Bowl because they did that, right? But they sacrificed their future, man. They said, fuck them picks. They traded them picks. This is not the NBA, okay, where you can just trade a first-round pick if you're a contending team and you're going to not skip a beat. Yeah, That's going to catch up to you, I think, at some point because there is so immense you to hit your later-round picks. But that, this is not. Listen, the Rams still feel like that's a sustainable way because I don't know if you remember at the deadline, they were offering two firsts and a second for Brian. Because, you know, Brian, 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 yeah. And Brian Burns is a monster. I think he's well worth a couple first-round picks. That guy's a beast. But I just don't know if that rumor, I can't. It's true because I wasn't there when Sean McVay was on the phone. But if that reported rumor was true, yeah, I think that has been a terrible move yeah. for the Rams. Because of a terrific player and who you want to build around. I absolutely understand that. But was he line the Rams problem? Nope. No, no line. No, actually, that was one of their strengths. At the end yeah. of the day, with a guy like Aaron Donald on the line, I don't know. I'm worried for the Rams' future. At the end of the day, I think McVay and Aaron Donald are probably just going to walk at some point from the game. And that's not just me speculating. 
Those guys have talked about retirement. Okay, no boomers, everybody. So no, I'm just saying those guys have talked about it themselves more than one time. Listen, McVeigh's incredibly accomplished for a guy his age. And to bring it back to the Colts, Chris, I don't know if you've seen that picture of Frank, right? Two days after he got fired. He was 20 yeah, years younger. I saw he, he had looked, no stress. He looked a lot better. Oh, he looked yeah, like he a, looked a lot regular better. person. Yeah. So I'm wondering if Sean McVeigh's after that sort of feeling of just living a regular life. A lot of this job of coaching and managing teams in football or the NBA or anything like that is a thankless job, uh, unless you reap the rewards of the Super Bowl, but it takes your life away. So I wouldn't be shocked about that, but I don't want to yeah. get into too much speculation. Right. No, let's get to the other game. Real quick. And guys, you know how I live close to Philly. Obviously, the game I'm talking about is the Eagles Cowboys. And then look how we talked before we talked before the pod, and the uh, Eagle fans were confident. They got so excited being Dallas the first time this year. Like Bill A. Congratulations for beating Cooper Rush, by the way. But uh, no, seriously, I know Eagles fans are getting cocky, but he's just listen. Yeah, they can be cocky. Right, this is the Niner fan, and that was definitely a shot at Eagles fans. <laughs> it was, it kind of was, kind of was, but listen, no, but listen, Lucas, because we know some Eagle fans were not afraid of Dallas because listen, that was or the and that was struggle a little bit sometimes, but yeah, yeah, but you know what, that listen. At first, Dak, you know, three interceptions, okay? He was having a back game at first. I mean, he made some good throws to Speedy Lamb. Okay, he made some good throws to T.Y. Hill. By the way, Fulver Cole, by the way. Third and 30. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. T.Y. Hill and baby. Sir. But no, I think as long as the Cowboys play like this, I think they could be really scary. Scary, man. Like I said, Speedy Lamb had a good game. People think he thought he he dropped, but he didn't drop the ball this game. No, but seriously, man, it fit close. He was almost had him up. My guy Miles Sanders and my dynasty, he he fumbled the ball at the end, but I pretty I think that pretty much not really the game. But but no, but yeah, yeah. So Chris, what was your thoughts about this game? And I I know some people on the internet think that Dallas are. Y'all there? Yeah, you're right, you're right. I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah, I, had, I think we cut out for a little bit, but. Yeah, so you was asking me about what I thought about the Dallas and Philly game. I hope my girl doesn't hear this because he's a Cowboys fan. He's a Cowboys Oh, no, nah, no, nah, not Baker, not Baker, no. Nah. That's my homie's girl, but nah, my girl, she's a Cowboys fan too. So they all know each other, but yeah, she's a Cowboys <laughs> I do think this Cowboys team doesn't feel any different to me than what they've been in the, the past few years. I think. I do think the Cowboys are good, but I think that I don't know what it is that they always tend to get in their way. Like they always tend to get in their own way. Even with this game, if it wasn't for even with Miles Sanders, man, like that fumble, it, it just looked like old dude swiped the ball and it just came out. It yeah. was like it wasn't like they really tried to he probably did try to knock the ball out, but it wasn't but, like really tried to get the ball out yeah, he wasn't peanut tillman you know what i'm saying yeah he wasn't really punching the ball out like he just he just swiped the ball and it just flew behind miles sanders um, yeah. and then you had gardner Minshew, which i mean he played well for most of the game but he's still gardner Minshew at the end of the day he's gonna he's gonna give you chances i think i do think the cowboys are good i don't think their defense is as good as everybody thought they were they're decent i think I've always thought the 49ers defense was a lot better than the Dallas Cowboys yes, defense was. Mm. Even when I just, I saw them live when they came to Seattle, I went to the game and mm. we with the game. So I got to see the defense live and even live watching that 49ers defense is a lot better than just crazy. Defense. It's crazy. The defense no, is there. 
So do you think Dallas, I don't think Dallas makes it all the way. I do think they probably lose in the second round. But yeah, I don't think they're I don't think they're there yet. And part of me thinks that's part of that is coaching. I don't think Matt or Mike McCarthy or Kellen Moore are really that good of coaches. I look at Kellen Moore's offense every now and then and see just some stuff. I'm just like, why the hell are you doing this? What the hell? What was this shit that you just did? What did you just call? It's the same way I look at the Colts offense. Like, I, I see them as war criminals. So it's just, I don't know, man. Oh, listen, uh, if your play callers are war criminals, what jail is not? Now, listen, I'll just, so I hate when somebody really well laid out, thought out argument that goes against what I've been saying. Okay, looking. I agree with Chris. I don't think Kellen Moore is a very good coach. I, Vince, I've slandered Mike McCarthy for literally years now. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I never even liked the Cowboys, really. Just no offense. I thought being America's team and everything, I just, and they have a lot of bandwagoners. Okay, but look, teams, teams their own. But this year, I did feel like they maybe yeah. made a step on the field. Okay. And Vince, I like to rile up the Eagle fans. I think the Cowboys are better. Okay. But at the end of the day, what this game truthfully showed me, all joking aside, is that, is that the Eagles competed with their backup quarterback without their MVP caliber quarterback. No, I don't think it would have automatically been a blowout. Jalen Hurts, because it's a division game. Let's be real. I don't, it wouldn't have gone crazy. But I was thinking earlier this week, nobody really talking about the Eagles defense giving up 404. That's something they should be potentially concerned about. You know, I think that point stands true. But at the same time, I also think if you have Jalen Hurts, like we mentioned at the top of the show, the defense might be on the sideline for a little longer at a time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just on, on the field less in general. When you have a guy like Jalen Hurts who can run, obviously run the ball, you can chew a little bit more clock with him. You really get your run game going. You're not just relying on a guy like Miles Sanders to be your entire run game. So all joking aside, I think that, I do think that Philly right now retains that spot in the NFC East as the better team. But I... Very unlike me, I do think the Cowboys can make it this year in the playoffs. And I'm just saying this all for Tom Brady to somehow beat them in the first round. No. Unbelievable. But no, seriously, I do that, think that would just be crazy if Tom Brady beat them in the first round. That would be crazy. Because nobody's going to sit here and tell you the Bucs are a better team than the Cowboys. No. Okay, that's just, no, nobody who watches football will ever say that. Barring any fluke like that, I do think I can see the Cowboys winning a playoff game and making the second one competitive. But at the end of the day, for me, I like the Niners in the NFC. I told this Vince weeks ago when Jimmy G was still the quarterback. I told Vince, I think you guys are going to run the table. Because looking at these matchups, who is going to be able to compete with you on both sides of the ball? Because even with Jimmy and now with Brock Purdy, okay, oh. you just got to make layups as the QB. That's all you got to do. You got to make the right pass and you got to make your layups. I mean, and this is without Debo right now. The offense is still looking pretty good. Yeah, oh, I hate this. I, I mean, I hate it. No, I can't. <laughs> No, 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 up the no, 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 I can't. No, we can get to that game real quick, by the way. We can. Okay, okay. It was a lot to a little Niners one. Okay, move on. Next game. All right. <laughs> hey, hold on, Vince. What do you what do y'all want for Brock Purdy? I'll give y'all a fifth round for him. Big rock. <laughs> hey, he's, he's Mr. Irrelevant. He'd have built his draft stock a little bit. Moved up two rounds. <laughs> If you want Buck back, you're gonna have to throw in Brandon. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, man. 
No, but seriously, Brock Purdy, man, what a story, huh? For Just real. Brock Purdy, man, there we go. Look at that. Look oh, at okay. oh, you want to sing a happy birthday, man? It's not. I didn't think so. All right. But uh, no, but what's ironic about here? What's ironic that I have a dynasty fantasy football league, which is you have the same team year after year. You only draft rookies. And Vince actually took over a team with inactive member. And this is months ago. I, as a joke, because he was the last pick of the draft, put Brock Purdy on Vince's team. And, and then little do I know, not only does he become a, a relevant NFL quarterback, he's putting up numbers in fantasy too. So I just can't wing with this guy, Vince, and the friggin' Niners. You look good. I love Purdy with you. Thank you. I, mean, you know, Purdy, I, I started Brock, Brock Purdy in my, in my sleeper league. It's a, it's, I got a money league going right now. And I started Brock Purdy this past weekend and won my first oh. playoff. Hey, shout out to Chris. Did something I could. All right. <laughs> No, but uh, but uh, no, seriously, uh, Vince, you know what? I love having won a championship in my lifetime. Not just me, though. It's all good. But, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully you get one this year. Hopefully you get one this year. But uh, we're, we're approaching the hour mark here. But so, Vince, let's uh, blast through some of the more big games from this week. I turned off it, by the way. By the way, praying for Tua. He got concussed during the game. It was a good game. He made a, uh, made a great throw to Waddle. And I'm not going to lie, Lucas and Chris, Miami kind of reminds me of the Niners. Like the baby Niners, obviously with Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, obviously, I'm Jeff Wilson. My guy, Wilson, Jeff Wilson. Okay, well, we wouldn't they have to have a good defense to remind you of them? Anyway, can I, can I finish, Lucas? But anyway. Yeah, my God. This is. I did complain, so. But, uh, but anyway. Okay, I'll let you land. Okay. Yeah. Like, my guy, Rogers, of course, you know, somehow, some way, Green Bay is still in the, in the playoff run. But now Miami fans are giving up on Tua now. Because I, I knew it because before the season started, I knew Tua was on the pressure because obviously they have the weapon. Obviously, I mean, they obviously they couldn't prevent the trouble. So obviously, Miami had the expectations. And now, now, since they lost to the Niners, Miami has not looked the same. So, by the way, praise for Tua. And uh, Chris, what's your thoughts with this game? And and you can't blame the Miami fans for their bro, their dope. Yeah, nah, you can't blame them, especially how that game ended. He threw three straight picks, like three stri- or three drives, three interceptions. To you said what? No, I think Vince was just a little delayed going. Oh, okay, my bad. But yeah, like he threw three interceptions on three straight drives. It's understandable for people to be mad at Tua. I don't think I don't think Tua is terrible. I like talking shit. That's what I that's what I do on Twitter. I talk shit. So I've said some things, but I don't think Tua is a terrible quarterback. I just think he had a bad game, especially if if with everything it was true as far as him having a concussion before halftime. That explains a lot coming out in the second half. I don't want to give him any excuses, but I'm just saying it explains a lot. And even with right. this team, I never thought it was really Tua. I more so thought it was his receivers. When you have two guys that run 4-2, like, all you got to do is just get them the ball in space and let them go. And that's what happens. I want to say over 50% of their passes are between 0 to 10 yards. So when you have receivers like that, just got to cut them loose. That That's it. <laughs> and we've seen Tua underthrow Waddle. We've seen him underthrow Hill. We've seen we've seen it consistently. And it's just because sometimes he's slightly late. But nah, I think I don't think Dolphins should be as hard on Tua. I think also part of it is Mike McDaniels trying to prove a point uh, to show that Tua can throw downfield. And I think that's mm-hmm. what's hurting Tua as well rather than letting him take the layups that he's been taking all season and just let the receivers continue to work and do what they do. Yeah, no, I agree. As far as the receiver point, I mean, it's as simple as this. Hill and Waddle are both top 10 in the yak. They have almost 500 yards each in yards after the catch. 
And that just pretty much says that the other guys on this list are running backs, are literally running backs, Travis Kelsey and Justin Jefferson. That just tells you all you need to know is that, like what Chris is saying, get them the ball and then they go make a play. It's as simple as that. Patriots fan, I don't know anything about Yak, okay? But well, that's a conversation for another day, so. Yeah, I don't really know much about Yak either as a Colts fan. We know about yards after contact, though, with JT and Mondre. At least we got that one. Thanks. But No, but, but seriously, I don't think Tua's terrible. I don't think he's great. I think that's a great point about McDaniel, just wanting to try to win his way, win the way he thinks he can win. Instead of winning just the way he should win. And he could make his, uh, to his life a lot easier. Now, as far as the concussion stuff, that, that clip was bad. That hit was, that, the hit itself was not bad. His head hitting the ground was bad. He just, like you said, it would explain a lot coming out in the second half, just being a lot worse. I hope the guy's going to be okay. And honestly, he's had a bunch of concussions this year. I don't know if they have to either change the style or Tua needs to, I don't know what they have to do, but it's just not sustainable. A quarterback getting multiple concussions in one year after year. I think we can all agree that's just not something that can happen. So I wonder yeah, what the he's Dolphins had three are gonna, already. Yeah, that's not that just can't that can't happen because not only of the medical danger, it's just as simple as you don't want your QB injured and not playing. Uh, obviously, uh, that's secondary to to his health, of course. But yeah. it just I mean, they just have to make an adjustment, and I just think. That adjustment never came, and they might get bounced from the playoffs now because they're going to somehow lose to us next weekend, even though our offense is going to put up 180 yards. I don't, <laughs> I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for that. But uh, no, I don't have much more. Oh, besides Aaron Rodgers, Vince, I know that's your guy. <laughs> it's not my guy. It's not my guy. Okay. I respect the guy's arm talent, but people fall in love with the aesthetic and the way he plays more than the actual production. Of who he's been, okay, in my opinion. Now, that's not to say he's not a great quarterback, because he's a great quarterback, okay? But don't ever say he's better than Tom Brady again, but I've never talked him. Okay, that was your saying. You never said that. Let's talk about the upset. The look at being the Tennessee Giants and Tennessee. Wow. And you know what? Look at the Okay, okay. I'm going to stop you right there. It was not that shocking, okay, given how the season had been going, okay? They almost beat the Chiefs and they almost beat the Cowboys. No, but Vince, I hear what you're saying. Dude. It was an upset. I rather for my guy, Casario. Okay. Oh. He's making better personnel decisions than Bill has over the last 18 months, which is I mean, hey, literally he's paying he's paying like, with Cleveland. And now they're getting a top 10 pick with you. Keep going. Yeah, no, getting a top, they're getting a top 10 pick. They are not owing all that money to Deshaun Watson like Cleveland is. Okay. But they do have Davis Mills playing quarterback. So I think Davis has been serviceable. Okay. And I actually do a lot of the players on this roster. I think that there are a lot of holes on the roster still. But I do think there are guys all around the roster individually and every personnel grouping that I do. And I think Stingley is one of the big ones there. And I'm really intrigued for this draft. But no, listen, I was happy for the Titans. I mean, for the Texans, excuse me. It's um, okay. Same team, same team, but it's different No, listen, no, listen. Vince, I know you thought Malik Willis's friggin' first round material last year. We don't want to talk about the last round. No, listen, but the, my thing with Willis is, is he's just so yeah. raw. He's yeah. so raw. He doesn't have any polished quarterback traits. His only real amazing trait was his athleticism. I think giving him some time to grow into it could be decent, but obviously yeah. he's not a guy who you're rolling out there to win games right now. So that's why I'm saying this didn't shock. Why I say that, Vince? It didn't really shock me, especially with the Texas defense against the Cowboys and the Chiefs. Yeah. 
Kind of thinking really good idea, bro. Right now, huh? But anyways, Craig, what was your thoughts on Spike? Were you thought at all or not really? Nah, I wasn't. I picked. It, I p- actually picked the Texans because every week I do my 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 picks for the week, and or I go through and pick the teams I think going to win the throughout the that week. And yeah, I had Houston beating the Titans. I just the Titans aren't that good. Ryan Tannehill's hurt. Malik Willis, like you said, his only attributes right now are his his athleticism and he has a big arm. Like that's those are the two things coming out of college that we knew about Malik Willis. And there, he he still is learning the game at the NFL level. So I didn't really expect much from him this game. He didn't really do much last time they played. So I didn't really expect too much from him. So yeah, I had Houston actually winning, especially because Houston right now they're playing spoiler. That's what Houston's trying to do right now because they know they have the number one pick locked up. So at this point in the season, let's right. see how many seasons we can spoil. Let's go out there. It's like the Jaguars last year. They knew they had the number one pick <laughs> locked up. All right, let's go spoil the Col- the Colts season. Like, that's what that is. And that's what the Houston Texans are doing right now. Hopefully they spoil our season on the 18th. Actually, no. Hopefully they don't spoil our season on, the- on next year because I need a higher draft pick. So hopefully they beat us the last game <laughs> of the season, week 18. Yeah. Well, quick, Lucas, you want to get this off your chest? Because the Bengals and Patriots, we think since you're a Patriots fan. Go ahead, Lucas. Don't go on the Bengals Patriots. I'm going to be completely honest. I made a quite a conscious decision. I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not watching this game. This is the first game in literally years. I decided to say, fuck it. I'm not. I'm watching Red Zone. I got fantasy matchups on the line. There are better games. I don't need to see this ass whooping. Okay, and then my and then I literally was talking to my friend. He calls me. He's like, Marcus Jones, baby. I'm like, so I see the pick six. I'm like, oh great. And then all of a sudden, it's a game. And now listen, this is a double edged sword for me, okay? Because Mondre is my guy, my favorite player on the Patriots right now, outside of Uche probably or in Kyle Duggar, and he's been the Patriots' offensive MVP, no question. Okay, yeah. I don't even I don't even want to know what this offense looks like with without Mondre. If Mondre went down with that a rolled ankle and we had Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, who looked decent. But come on, Mondre was our, he was catching five, six passes a game. He was getting the ball 15, 16, 17 times a game and getting yards every time. So for him to fumble killed me because that's my guy. I have him in fantasy. Okay, he got me almost no points. I lost. That was the one seed. It felt good. Okay, you can tell I'm still a little bit salty, but it was a brilliant fumble. Okay, I did not want to win that game because one thing I don't want to hear Living in Boston, I don't want to hear these fans talk about the playoffs, okay? Because, Chris, I talked to a coworker the other day, and I basically mentioned this. I said, oh, I'm glad we ended up losing because now we get a higher draft pick. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, but he said, don't do you think if we made the playoffs, Tom Brady would want to come back? No, the hell he would not. Stop it. And what are we at? We're a 9-8 and eight team with Tom Brady this year. Instead they of a 7-10 team. They still hold no. hope for Brady? No, it's bad, Chris. It's bad. You got to understand this. Since two thousand and since two thousand, these Patriots fans are the most spoiled fans in sports. And I think that I was explaining this to Vince the other day. Some people basically picture it like this, right? We we took a rocket to the moon, right? We were on the moon for twenty years, and now we're in the now we're in the pod coming back through the atmosphere. And some people are going to get their parachutes out in time. I did. I took my parachute out early. I knew this was going to be rough. Okay. I was not expecting good things for a while after Tom Brady left. That's just the reality of the situation. The Bills were going to be the team to beat, especially after this year, the Dolphins got a little bit better. Okay. 
And this thing is going to be tough. We're going to have to rebuild just like a regular NFL team now. Some people just never took out their parachute and are just full throttle hurtling towards the earth, not realizing that things have changed and that this isn't what we used to be. We are not the dynasty anymore. And listen, I can't be mad about us being shitty because, come on, what kind of fan would I be? I've seen six Super Bowls. I'm only been yeah. alive. I've been alive for 25 years. I've yeah. seen more Super Bowls than a lot of fans who have lived 70 years, their whole life being a fan of a team. They have not seen a championship. So who would I be complaining about? Not winning. That feels a little bit ridiculous. Do you get mad at people for getting out of mad yesterday for that cheap shot or not really? No, so, I agree with him. I agree. I think yeah. it was kind of a dirty play. Yeah. Here's my thing, right? When it comes to identifying any type of behavior, whether it be on the football field or in real life, number one thing you can do is identify a pattern. Okay. Yeah. It's okay if people make mistakes once, but when you see those start piling up and up again, I think this is the fourth or fifth incident with Mac Jones that could be deemed dirty or not dirty. Okay. What yeah. does that tell me? From the gator roll on Brian's and Burns' legs to a couple other moments, some, sl- some sliding where he tried to kick a guy as he's sliding in. I just think that. Maybe Max just doing it out of his competitive drive, and I'm not a person of all time for it, but you know what he is doing? And I know you guys will agree with me. He's putting a fucking target on his, excuse my language, but he's putting a target on his back. Yeah. For these guys to get after him and make Mac pay for being a little bit of a dirty player. And Yeah, because anytime they throw it, anytime he throws an interception, they're going to be looking for him. Right. And, and my thing is, Patriots fans, the last thing I'll say about the game. Appreciate you letting me get some therapy on my chest and No, but um, but the last thing I'm gonna I've seen people comparing it to Joe Burrow diving at Marcus oh, Jones' boy. legs. First of all, Joe Burrow's trying to tackle Marcus Jones. He's yeah. trying to make any tackle. Okay. Maybe it wasn't it was terrible for him and it probably wasn't the same. But a purpose Joe Burrow was attempting to do. Mac Jones, that play was over. That, he was gonna score a touchdown. Yeah. Mike Jones diving to take out Eli Apple at the legs. For me, that's a dirty play, man. That's a dirty play. If that was Jack Jones or Marcus Jones running down behind a teammate going get six and Sam Ellinger or friggin' Brock Purdy dove at his legs, I'm calling that dirty all day. So who yeah. am I to sit here and say that it wasn't dirty? Okay, Patriots fans don't like me. I'm getting slandered in this Patriots group chat, okay? Because no. I said it was a dirty play. But listen, I'm going to stand by my word. I think he's pretty dirty. In a day, bro, you're keeping it real. You keeping it real. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you think, Chris? What do you, 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 you must think that was dirty, huh? As a football player. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was dirty. I didn't. That's not a football play. Like, that plays. The play's over. And all, and you just decided to go down in front of another player. Yeah, nah. To me, when I saw the replay of it, I was like, wow. All right, Mac Jones, I see you. But yeah, nah, I agree with you 100%. We have some good to have some good friends who are very spirited Lions fans. Okay. And we were chatting the night before the game and the Lions fans, you know, rightfully, Chris, they were feeling good. Oh, yeah. They were telling me and Vince, we could beat anybody. We could beat San Fran. We, <laughs> we can beat Philly. I was thinking. And I told them, I said, listen, somebody's been there before, just secure a playoff position before you start talking crazy. Okay, I wasn't yeah. even really thinking about the Panthers. And for the Panthers to go out there and run the ball all over the line. Oh, okay. they oh. uh, okay, don't don't disrespect the legendary Sanders. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> no, don't do that. No, don't do that, Vince. 
Can't tell. They're freaking lying. Oh, you looked like, how about this? They look like Garrison Hurst and freaking Frank Moore. How about that? For your Niner fan. Okay. But no, but no, it just was hilarious. And I think I tell that story not just to dunk on our homies, but to show that you can never get too high as a football team, really, in general, because I don't know about you, Chris, but for my pick, I picked the Lions 100%. I didn't bet on them or anything. Me too. I thought they were going to win for sure. I did too. I benched Dante Foreman because I'm like, wow, Lions have been the best wow. run defense. How many, best how run many? defense in the NFL. No, stop it. Don't make me say it. 22.9. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, Latavius Murray, my starting lineup. Never again. Okay. I don't know. We can't do the fantasy football talk because I'll just start crying. But, but uh, no, seriously, I mean, I, the Lions have been terrific against the run the last five weeks. It seemed like they made an adjustment and then those adjustments just slipped away and the Panthers just ran them. Ran the ball all over them. And Vince, I said this to you after the Panthers won that game, not last week, but the week before. He said, well, the Panthers might not be a great team. Okay, but I, they have an identity now, at least. Okay? We got three right. We'll, we'll see. They will. Even though they still will see. Yeah. I, think they should, I don't think they right. will. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, listen. As long as the Matt Rule stays in Nebraska, I think they'll be fine over there in Carolina. But, uh, but no, but seriously, the last thing I'll say on the Panthers is that they got an identity. You got the playmakers on defense. One of my favorite players in the NFL had a down year, Jeremy Chin. I really enjoyed watching him play. He hasn't been up to his standards, I think. I think he'll come back up. But they have three running backs. They rotate their running backs. They keep the legs fresh. They're all pretty decent running backs. I think Chuba Hubbard's a pretty good player. I think that was a good pick by them last year. And Foreman is a great story, having recovered from his Achilles tear and looks like a better running back than he did before. And then the rookie, Raheem Blackshear. They all look pretty good. So they've got their identity. Darnold starting, which is hilarious. Okay. I just can't believe that guy's still starting the NFL. Even he's not terrible. Vince, I talked for two minutes too long about the Panthers. I'm sorry. No, let's keep him. Let's keep him pushing for the picks for next week. Yeah, no, let's go. Week week 17 pick. All right, Cowboys. I got the Cowboys. That's Thursday night, right? There are there are Cowboys still looking. Cardinals Falcons. I got Falcons. Chris. Oh God. Who was it again? Arnold Falcons. Oh, the Falcons. That's a mid off of the century. I'm taking the Falcons too, though. Patriots. I'm going Patriots. I'm going Patriots. Uh, I'll take the Patriots. <laughs> Saints. Eagles. A late drop is out. So I got Eagles over Saints. Chris? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Eagles definitely over Saints. Luke, are you getting up there? You got Eagles. No, I got the Eagles. Okay. okay. Colts and Giants. Okay, I got Giants. Chris? <laughs> I, got <this. laughs> I got the Giants on that one. Okay. I'm um, sorry, yeah, being the timing is brilliant. I don't even know if that was that <laughs> purpose, but that was hilarious. No, but he was like, it was a nice, nice game in line. Keep going. Keep I, got the, I got the Giants. Okay. Panthers and Bucks. I'm going to go with the Bucks. Taking the Panthers. Yeah. With Chris here, I got the Panthers. All right. The dad goes from that. Then you're asking that question. is games will be Broncos, Chiefs. I got Chiefs, correct? Chiefs. Easy. Lucas? Oh, Vince Lombardi could be coaching the Broncos. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick. <laughs> All right. Bears, F line, very calm, very confident with this. It's going to be lined over Bears. Chris, what about you? Do you think the Bears can upset the line? Over here, you can build on flat. That's me. What do you got? It's possible, but I got the Lions. 
But I wouldn't be mad if the Bears won because that helps us out. I'll be the guy. I'll take him. Give me the Bears, man. I I think that uh, not a like a revitalization from the Lions after the loss. I think that's gonna gonna have breaking down a little bit, man. They're gonna be it's gonna be a tough game for the Lions. I got the Bears, man. Okay, Brown Commanders. I got Brown. Chris got the Commanders. Lucas. Yeah, I'm with the Commanders, Vince. I'm still waiting on you to give up on the Browns, Vince. Come on, man. <laughs> Jaguars, Texans. <laughs> Jaguars, Texans. I got Jaguars. Jags. Lucas? I'm going to take my guy, T-Law, but this does feel like a trap game. Like you said, like the point you made earlier, Chris, the spoiled season, spoiler. This feels like exactly one of those for the Texans, but I'm going to take the Jags just with how T-Law. It's just been phenomenal. Okay, would you be surprised for Texas upset? Would you? No, no, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm okay. Niners. Okay, okay, okay. Niners, Raiders. I got Niners, Chris. I got the Niners. Lucas. Next question, please. Okay, Jackson, it's Seattle. Okay. okay. Mitch White playing. I'm going. Mitch White? Bro. Yeah. Mike, bro. Oh, Mike White. Oh, well, whatever. Mitch White. Mike White. Whatever. What's the difference? This thing. Whatever, whatever. Okay. whatever. Okay, yeah. Is Ben Purdy playing this week? Okay, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay, okay oh my God. I got Seattle over Jed. Chris? I got Seattle. Okay. I got my boy Gino. Let's go. Vikings at Packers. I got Packers over Vikings in Green Bay. <sighs> so I'm picking this one because of my bet. I got the Vikings. <laughs> so I have a. Just for y'all to know, I have a bet that I made before the season started. It was like a little parlay that the Jaguars would make the playoffs, the mm-hmm. Commanders would make a play, the playoffs, Vikings will have a winning record, and Green Bay will miss the playoffs. Ooh. Five, $5 to win 500 It was like plus 10,000 odds or something like that. You're looking pretty good right now. All right. Look, man, this, is a four, this is a 425 game at Eastern time. Look, you're betting on... You're betting on Green Bay, Green Bay. Yeah, you can you can read my friggin' mind because I was gonna ask what time is this game being played because that started with the eight or for Chris a five. I would take the Packers because we know who Kirk Cousins is in prime time. But give me the Vikings. Give me the Vikings. Okay. Okay. Rams, Chargers, Chargers, Chris. You know what? Oh, that's Chargers. Easy, <laughs> easy, easy money. Yeah, okay. All right. No, no, Vince, Vince. But hold on, I have a question though. I think the Niners might have the most fans at that game, though. Probably. <laughs> because we know the Chargers fans and the Rams fans aren't going. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I got the Chargers easily, yeah. Steelers at Ravens, hopefully Lamar plays. I got Ravens over Steelers, correct? I got the Ravens. Look, Lamar plays, I have the Ravens. If he doesn't, I'm going to take the Steelers. Okay. Bills and Bengals, good game on Monday night. I'm going to go Bengals. Cincinnati, Chris. Oh man, I'm going Bengals in Cincinnati. All right, Lucas, what do you got? There's no way a team that could have lost to us. I'm picking them over the Bills. I'm sorry. Give me the Bills. I'm sorry. I know the okay. Bengals are rolling, and I know it's in Cincinnati, but I'm taking the Bills. We got talks about playoffs this weekend. Chris, what do you got this weekend? You got Georgia, Georgia, or Ohio State this week? I got Michigan and Ohio State. Hey. Wait, so you think Ohio State will be Georgia? I think they will. It's a redemption. It's a redemption for them. I think they're going to take it seriously, and I think they're going to they're going to shock the world. Also, CJ Stroud. This thing with CJ, he ha- he has some things to prove before the draft. So I think if he's able to prove that against Georgia, that helps his draft stock a little bit. 
Most certainly. If that happened, the Lions fans will Michigan fans would be happy. Lucas, what do you got? Michigan CPU and Ohio State and Georgia. What do you got? No, listen, I'm going the inverse, okay? Because I oh, just want to switch it up. Give me TCU, the torn frogs, <laughs> underdogs, taking out the big dogs, Michigan. And then I got Georgia. I got Georgia just because that defense is phenomenal. But I wouldn't be surprised if Chris's prediction came true because all you need is a couple playmakers on the outside. It feels like in college football just to dominate. And we know that especially Marvin Harrison can dominate a football game. I like, I like the other guy on the other side, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and, but Marvin Harrison, I think, is the true like star on that football team. And I could see him doing it, but I'm going to take Georgia to be safe and take TCU to be risky. I don't really like Michigan. Uh, I got Michigan versus Georgia. I think Georgia's going to go. And uh, Chris, what do you, we got winning it all. Sorry about that. You got, you said Ohio State and again. So what do you got winning it all? Michigan. They'll beat Ohio State. What do you got winning it all, Luke? Yeah, I'm going to say TCU just to switch it up. <laughs> TCU wins. I wasn't saying it to switch it up. I knew the whole time. Okay. But I'm just saying. But... <laughs> but yeah. Bits? yeah, show, man. Chris, really appreciate you joining us. This was a blast. Okay. This was over an hour, man. Flew by. It was great talking. Case, tell us where, uh, buddy, where you can find you on social. I know your Twitter spaces guy. Go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you, man. Yeah, for sure. And appreciate y'all for having me on and everything. Yes, I, I do have my own podcast as well, Drop Balls Podcast. Um, I record, I think, every Wednesday. I've been slacking lately, but I'm going to get back to it. I do be in the Twitter spaces, Sports at the Dark for sure. And you can you, you can catch me on Twitter at Drop Balls Pod. That's where I be at, man, throughout, throughout the day, Drop Balls Pod. So follow me on Twitter. And be sure to check out the Drop Balls podcast. It is available on every major podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, all of those. So be sure to check that out as well. Vince, can they find you even though you say it every week? No, thank you. So you can follow me at Respectable Bank. And my other account is Vince V-I-N-C-E-S-D-I-D-824. And we'll be looking to support you though. I just want to say thank you, Jen for making making my football content come here with Network. Man, it's been a great year. Chris, thank you for being a lot of guests. And Lucas, thank you for being my caller. I had a blast. I don't know. The Dave Morgan one, Lucas, but it's going to get out my chest. Goodbye, Lucas. Listen, I hear what I'll say. This episode. Okay, I'm not being completely truthful, too. I think we've had the episode of this one. Really hit the mark. This was a terrific conversation. Number two, Vince, why are you acting like we're never going to podcast again? We're literally podcasting next week. I don't know. It's kind of like we're doing like a funeral or something. No, no we're back next week. Thirdly, I have nothing to promote, really, besides the show. I'd be on Twitter, but find me if you find me. If not, just follow the show. Follow Vince. Is a blast, man. You know, Chris, we're gonna have to have you back on to talk draft because I can tell you know your stuff, draft stuff. We're gonna have to have an actual football player perspective because Lord knows me and Vince are not football. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have a good nah, sure. Y'all too, man. So you said we'll be back next Tuesday talking about week 17 recaps and peace out.